Welcome into another whole home edition of Sportball. It's your boy Sam. With me as always are Seth and Kyle, neither of which who even cracked a smile at that little joke I threw in there for them. I, but I was just testing quite... if Seth was watching the Celtics game, and he is. <laughs> oh, it's ads right now. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't quite. You say ho hum? Yeah. Ho ho hum. Is that like? Does that mean in mediocre? What is ho-hum? wrong with you? <laughs> are you are you just now secretly revealing that you've been a robot this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know human things. <laughs> Kyle, let's go to you, I think. Let's throw it to you. I don't know what's going on over here. I, as soon as I hopped on this call, I heard something about uh, Rudy Gobert should be third in um, MVP voting. So I've kind of disengaged already. <laughs> now all of our listeners have disengaged. Well, not one. Matt Rossetti, who doesn't even know who Rudy Gobert is, and he's our number one fan. So. And John Roger, uh, if he's listening. Which certainly <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> uh, that's a great transition, though, because we will be talking about Rudy later in this podcast. I because this podcast is the NBA All-Stars. Our picks, the only ones that matter. Do we have a vote? Yes, as fans, which doesn't really matter. Um, and only online, they only let us. Yeah, online, they only let us vote for starters, but we're going to also name our reserves in a, something that doesn't matter, which nothing on this podcast does. Uh, there will be five starters in each conference and seven reserves. And you're like a little bit locked into positions because you can have three forwards and two guards for starting for each team. But I think we can go around to getting whoever we want in there. I feel like I'm glad they took out the center, aren't you guys? Now it's just three fours. Basketball is a positionless sport at this point. So it really should just be the five best player or the 12, whatever the fuck you guys want to do, best players in each conference. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Although I do have two centers starting, so really, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter this year. But this year, it's also interesting. I wanted to bring up because um, usually we vote on this more than halfway into the season because of the the schedule this year with COVID. They've only played less than half their season. I think I I read thirty seven percent. So, I mean, this is definitely all small sample size for this, you know. And I feel like almost some of these picks might age like a uh, fine milk over the rest of the season. Probably not the starters, but some of the reserves, I think, but we still got to drink milk it. in sub sub zero degree temperatures, but also the milk be freezing cold. Not just like regular coldness of milk, but like, <laughs> what is he I'm, saying right now? On the verge of happening? freezing. I'm sorry. You want me to go somewhere where it's cold and drink milk? That's almost freezing, but not quite. I'm asking if you ever have. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did the other night. (laughs) It doesn't taste good. It doesn't taste like normal milk. I don't know what it is. You got to explain the whole scenario. I don't understand. Picture this. It was 2.30 in the morning, and all I could think about were NFTs. (laughs) And the only thing that goes good with an NFT (laughs) at 2.30 in the morning is a tall glass of milk. We hadn't brought the milk in from the outside fridge at this point. So it's sitting out in the garage, which I don't know at that point had to have been maybe two degrees, two degrees outside, if that. Yeah. Went out there to get some. It wasn't frozen yet. Like it wasn't slushy, but you could tell it was on the verge. Didn't taste good at all. Not good milk when it's that cold. That's interesting. I would think that would be good. Nice and refreshing. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm also curious for our listeners uh, how many people pronounce it milk versus milk. Because Kyle has revealed himself as definitively as a milk person. He's the only one I know who does that. I've never denounced really? Oh, I know. I've heard other people say it that way. Hmm. Part of Kyle's tribe that you've discovered in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to connect you. Well, I think we can all agree that people drink warm milk are just. Warm milk's great, too. Not to be fucked with, which, case in point. <laughs> <laughs> I Ever had like, a warm really... glass of milk before bed? No. This is completely different than having one while you're in bed. <laughs> which is a completely another scenario <laughs> i don't so, drink a lot of milk i i eat cereal on occasion and yeah. i'll drink milk with cookies on occasion or brownies but other than that unless it's like i'm baking or something i don't use milk use milk a lot i'm off milk completely i only use oat milk which is in fact the goat milk need to say that see i crave it not just goat milk, not just oat milk, all milk. You see udders in your dreams? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're not here to talk about milk, if you would believe it. We are here to talk about the All-Stars of the NBA. And I'd like to start with the East. Anyone have any objections? No, it's probably the easiest. Good. So for my starters, personally, I have three locks, and I'm guessing you guys do as well. Embiid. Uh, at center or forward, Giannis and Durant is my other forwards. You guys agree there? Yeah, uh, I have I have three locks too. Probably actually four locks. Okay, well, what those... fourth lock is. <laughs> yeah, his fourth lock is Harden. I have Harden as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't really get so. Okay, so let's let's first talk about the forwards that are locks. I mean, yeah, it's these a... guys are having great seasons. Embiid yeah. is perhaps one of the front runners for MVP. He is. Giannis, I mean, it doesn't matter what he averages. He's not going to win a third straight MVP, but he probably should be in the discussion for it. <laughs> and Durant, though he's missed a few games, this is peak Durant, which, you know, we we didn't know if we are going to get out to the Achilles, and we have, which has been great this season. So I think those three are just no-brainers. Lock them in. I did question myself when I clicked Giannis <laughs> to be a starter. I don't think he's been like anything exceptional this year. He's been his normal <laughs> self. <laughs> Yeah, he's only averaging That's 28, 11, and 6. What do you – I mean <laughs> – I, I just feel like I watch a lot of games and it's like – Yeah, it is I mean, true. I wasn't yeah, I not going to put him in there. Yeah. But when I clicked it, I was like, there might be a case. There's not. Yeah, Most, I more, like, more likely there's not. But I don't know if it's because of Drew Holiday's running the team or what, but like eye test-wise, he just seems less impactful this year. Maybe maybe that's a good thing. and Maybe it'll help them in the playoffs, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's the thing. It's like I feel like he's not – doing nearly as much as he was in the past. I don't know why. I mean, yeah. his numbers are still astounding, but yeah, I think definitely like Drew and Middleton's kind of carried over what he did like in the bubble last year yeah. into the actual season. And it's really taken a lot of the, uh, a lot of my, the eyes off of Giannis when you watch the game, I feel like. Yeah. So so those three are locks. I have Harden in, in as well. Um, I can see some people say I don't have him in as a starter because of what he did earlier this year uh, in Houston. What do you mean what he did? <laughs> he was still <laughs> putting up all-star numbers in Houston too. So 
Okay, he was bad in Houston, but I forgive him. I don't forgive him, but I still think he's an all-star. Seth, would you like to make the opposite case? I would, yeah. Um, I do not have him as a starter um, for the following reasons. I think all-star, the way I look at it, is looking at how, how well they've performed this season so far. And I think Harden was a net negative for Houston where because he wasn't trying and our, our good friend Draymond Green said in a press conference yesterday, verifying, you know, he said that no one would argue that he was dogging it. And I said, I would uh, Draymond, <laughs> have you met Kyle Olson? And um, so, you know, his teammates called him out on it. Other players in the league have admitted that he wasn't trying, right? He's apologized to how things went. So, obviously, I think he's one of the five best players in the East. But for the All-Star award, being selected to the All-Star game is about how much of an impact you've made for your team so far this season. And I think when you compare Harden's contributions to his team over the course of this year to Bradley Beal or Jalen Brown, who I have starting, who have been, you know, the, the anchors for their teams and been enormously positive contributions consistently throughout the year. I think Harden falls short. Uh, He still, he still made the all-star team, but I just feel like I can't reward just trying for a few weeks because he wants to be traded with a, a starting spot in the all-star game. So Kyle, I'll give a soft rebuttal on your behalf before you really dive in here, because for me, it's like, <clears throat> I hear a lot of people in the media saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to punish him by not having him start the all-star game, but I'm still going to make him an all-star. And for me, it's like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to vote him to go to the all-star game, I know he's better than every one of the reserves that I have there. So it's just being, foolish of me I feel to not make him a starter if I'm going to have him in the game in general you know what I'm saying it's almost like it's almost like if I were voting him all NBA and I say oh I was going to vote him second team but since he did that he's number one third team like I think I don't know I think if I'm going to have him in the all-star game I should have him at the level of player he is I guess I mean you mentioned he's a top five player in the east you pick five starters we locked in three <laughs> three forwards already so, <laughs> right. So what I'm saying is, <clears throat> I'm the the all star. Shouldn't you only account for what he's done in the Eastern Conference? If he's an Eastern Conference all star, I don't think of it that way. I mean, I guess some people might, but then you could say, well, he only played so many games in the East, so he's not as valuable, right? It I is such a weird okay. thing. Like I can't remember the last time this happened where someone that good got traded uh, from to another cross conference. conferences. Yeah. 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 <laughs> doesn't happen often. And like I said, I view it as your contributions this year, right? Where it's not about um, the legacy of how good you are. You don't get extra points for having made it in the past. Um, I just think of it as how, how much you've contributed to your team this year. So I feel like, um, you know, even with dogging it in – as Draymond would say, for for part of the year, he's still made 
more positive contribution overall to his team than, you know, most players in the league, which is why he makes the all-star game for for me. But I don't think his contributions rise to the level of Beal and Brown. I just noticed while looking up his stats that he's a junior and we don't talk about that enough. James Edward Harden Jr. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. This changes everything. I'm a Harden fan now. (laughs) Do you know Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal, who are famously very close friends and have known each other for years? uh, They both named their sons after themselves, right? So their sons are juniors. And they both call their sons Deuce. So it's like, if you're such good friends, you're really going to both, like, name your son? I mean, they didn't name their son the same name, but they both call him Deuce. Like, wouldn't that be confusing? Yeah, Kyle, I'm just going to call my kid whatever you call your kid. (laughs) <laughs> it works but you never forget though yeah exactly That's yeah, I true. Guess you don't get their name wrong yeah you call them they both come so you know where they both are uh so okay well i think we all knew that was what we we're gonna argue most about is harden um yeah so kyle and i have him as a starter um kyle who is your other guard starter it was a really tough decision i wavered back and forth for countless seconds uh, <laughs> uh, between um, Kyrie and Bradley Beal. Ultimately, I chose Beal, but I think there's definitely a case for the the big three of Brooklyn to start in the All-Star game. I think there's a case for, in my opinion, Kyrie, Beal, or Jalen Brown, who I have as my second guard. Um, I'd like to talk about Beal right now it's outrageous what's happening right now in the media all these media members are acting like they voted for him last year when he didn't even make the all-star game last year he is literally having the same exact year this year just three points per game better his team went from a 347 winning percentage to a 292 winning percentage his team is way worse and now every media member is penciling him in as a starter without even discussing it now to be clear i thought he should have made the team last year and I think you should make it this year, a starter neither year for me. But they're I'm not pretty sure he's they're the acting most, like nothing happened. He's I'm like fairly certain the most underrated superstar in the league. And I have I don't know why. I mean, so they're just both nodding, we have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean I like he, he's easily one of the best scorers in the league. Like I feel like he's like Devin Booker, so beloved in the West, I feel like he's like better. He's the, uh, the better version, the better Eastern Conference version of Devin Booker. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Sam and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago about we had earlier like brainstorming. Okay, who are the best two guards in the league? Um, and we forgot. And, Beal, no, didn't sometimes, we? sometimes it depends on how you yeah. define a two guard, right? Yeah. Like, actually right now i don't even know what, Harden what is playing between a one and a two guard is anymore these days yeah <laughs> so anyways but we were like well james harden i guess if he counts would be number one and then it's like booker i guess and yeah we then we realized later like oh bradley beal is definitely better than booker right yeah um yeah i sam i think we had this conversation last year that beal definitely should have made it and it didn't make sense that he was that good of a scorer um, and maybe it's just a, a one more year of people feeling sorry for him. And, um, clearly 
whoever he hires for his PR uh, needs a raise because he's worked wonders over the last year, right? Apparently we went as a, as a media general entity, like went from saying, oh, well, we can't put him in the all-star game because his team is terrible and he doesn't play defense. And now things really haven't changed much, but he's a starter. So I just think it's, yeah, I think, I think what it is is everyone feels bad that they fucked up last year, but it's just disingenuous by them. And I won't stand for it. Simply, simply put, someone's got to call it out. Something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he should have made it last year. And I think when you lead the league in scoring, it makes sense that you're a starter. So I don't have a problem with him starting. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him starting. I had Brown slightly over him because um, just because of the defensive element of it, Brown is such an elite defender. Um, and he's averaging 26 and six and three this year, really made a huge leap forward. Um, and I just, but I wouldn't have a problem with Beal or Kyrie starting. Here's about defense in the all-star game. Give me in the actual game that's played, no one, but <laughs> to select them, uh, which is, let's even see if an all-star game gets played this year, right, guys? Because LeBron not. himself said he's not for it, so. I mean, it makes no sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. I digress. It's another day. He digresses. Yeah. He's got to get on the treadmill. He's ready. To, he's, <laughs> he's trying to speed true. through this. It's true. Um, okay, so let's talk about Kyrie because – some people I think didn't have him starting or even on the all-star team because he missed those two weeks, but same thing. We kind of similar to Harden for me. It's like, I know he's one of the best players in the league. I mean, he's averaging 28, five and six on 53, 44, 92. Is that good? Are those good splits? So Sam, why how many starting? Has there ever been a team that's had three players shoot 50, 40, 90? No, not even close. Because, not because Brooklyn might have that happen this year. <laughs> Uh, Steph, Kelly Oubre, Draymond this year. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kelly Oubre hit just... every single shot for the rest of the season, and he still wouldn't have <laughs> be able to make those thresholds based on the way he started the season. Uh, so to answer your question earlier, I do not have Kyrie starting because I just like Jalen a little better. But like I said, I, if you had Kyrie or Beal starting, I wouldn't say no. Uh, I, I just, just don't get you, – you made the argument that Harden should start. Mm-hmm. and that you know even though he had mailed it in for part of the season when it comes down to it you just know he's better so if he's not disqualified completely then he should start so why does that argument not <clears throat> apply to Kyrie I think because to me Harden is better than Kyrie and I thought Brown was slightly better than Kyrie so it's just it's not a question of him missing the two weeks so you think Brown's a, just a better player than Kyrie overall? Right now, yeah. Okay. I think this season I've liked his game more, but I don't know. Now that I said that a lot, that seems kind of silly, so maybe that's not true. I don't know. There, there There's just a, a couple of really good guards in the East now. Like the way the way this, this team has been hard to start um, – to set the starters really makes you notice how much talent has migrated over to the East, I feel like, you know. Definitely. I feel like yeah. it's a lot the more balanced these year, th- this <clears throat> yeah. year between the two. All right, let's go to the reserves. So starting, we went over that. Reserves, I have four locks for my reserves, two soft locks, and then one <laughs> that you guys can you guys can talk me into any player, and I probably wouldn't say no. So my four locks for reserves, you guys can tell me if you have the same ones. Tatum, Middleton, Bam, 
and Kyrie. So for you guys, that would be whatever guard you weren't starting, right? Not Kyrie. So Kyle, for you, you say... <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Wait, Sam, did you say Beal? Oh yeah, Beal's, Beal's a soft lock. So that's like one of those padlocks, like someone could cut it if they had like bolt cutters. Yeah, but, but it's unlikely. You'd have to be really prepared. Gotcha. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't separate them into locks, soft locks, oh. and <laughs> I'm not really sure. But I do have all those players on my team that you mentioned. Kyle, any any arguments with them? Can you list your players again? I was really couldn't. I was trying to go with the locks, the soft locks, the hard locks, to lock them up, throw them away the keys. I couldn't quite grasp everything you mentioned. Okay, I got it. Okay, so lock, this is like people that are, this is like You're, a whole You could leave the locks and the okay. soft locks out of it. I just need to know the people. <laughs> okay, so Tatum, Middleton, Bam, Kyrie, and Beal. So I already had Beal. So for you, the Beal spot would be Brown. Correct. Middleton, uh, you had him as a lock, I think if I remember correctly, wasn't a lock for me, but he's in there. <laughs> Middleton. I don't like, know. I, Sometimes... I would have put like my lock over B or over Middleton would have been Sabonis. Okay. That, I want to discuss Sabonis, but first let's discuss Middleton because at sometimes I think he's overrated. Sometimes I think he's underrated. And then sometimes I realize he's the ugliest player in the NBA and we don't talk about it enough. <laughs> How does how does he both at the same time have the biggest lips and the biggest gums and the biggest teeth? He looks like a fish. <laughs> oh, poor Chris. Uh, so this year he's averaging 26 and 6. I feel like his playmaking has gone up a level. Am I wrong there? Doesn't it seem like that just watching the Bucks? Kind of part of what we were saying earlier with Giannis having less usage, right? It definitely right. has. And I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact like late game, they're definitely deferring to him over Giannis, which is, I think, another one of those a point that I didn't mention earlier, but kind of on that. As like, they should. Yeah, right. Exactly. He can shoot the basketball. <laughs> Seems like a good prerequisite for last second shots. Also, I don't know if you guys know this, but two of his nicknames are <laughs> include WD-40 and Baby Joe Johnson. <laughs> Baby Joe what Johnson is an interesting one. I mean, unless Joe I Johnson is, a, is an adult fish, I don't see how that's true, but... <laughs> So why, why would you say Chris isn't a lock for you, Kyle? I just, he's in there. Okay. Right. I think he's for sure an all-star. He wasn't a lock for the next four players after the initial five. I got you. Yeah, that's fair. Um, let's talk, let's have the Sabonis conversation now. <clears throat> I see a lot of slander in the streets that Vucevic deserves to be an all-star and Sabonis does not. And I'm here to put, to squash that slander. Because, I mean, what do you want here, right? I mean, Sabonis is averaging two less points per game, but two more assists per game, and is the hub of his offense. And the Pacers are the are what? I think they're the five seed now. They're the four seed now. Yeah, the four. And the Magic are the twelve seed. So, I mean, what are we even talking about here, right? I feel like that's a that's not a good argument. Um, he has definitely tailed off a bit. Uh, in the past weeks, but I just feel like he's the best player on that team, and they're a four seed, and I think he deserves to be in there. Yeah, I mean, Vooch, it's not that he's not an all-star. I think he's an all-star caliber player, too. But, I mean, when you can have the Saboner, you got to have the boner. Seth, where do you land on that? Wow. 
if both of them are listening right now, I would let them know that I think Vooch is the far superior player and that we value him in Boston. And Wait a second. He should really <laughs> consider telling He's his campaigning. team that he prefer. Am I tampering right now? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I have Sabonis as my last last player in, um, but he made the team. I think um, he's a bit better defensively than Vooch and is – it's hard because, like, <clears throat> Vooch is their whole team because the Magic are just complete ass other than him. But Sabonis still plays such a big role for the Pacers and is such a fulcrum of their offensive scheme. So – I just think when it comes down to it, like I'd rather have Sabonis if I was, if I was an NBA franchise. So I think he's better. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's as simple as that sometimes. So I guess we have the same first six reserves. Shocking for this podcast. So now it comes down to the last player. I think we all know who I have. I think we all know who Kyle has. Seth, who do you have? <laughs> I might have the same person Sam has. Okay, Kyle, you <clears> go first Simmons. then. Oh, me too. Kyle? Spoilers. I have Ben Simmons too. Oh, <laughs> my God. Okay, good. I was going to maybe... Really, it was really tough, though. It was really yeah. tough. I really wanted to put Trey in there, but... Yeah, I was going to try... Over ben, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to try... I was going to allow you guys to maybe talk about a Ben or Sabonis, but I'm glad you didn't even attempt. Um, I mean, as you know, Ben Simmons is my heart and soul, and he it probably would be my defensive player of the year. Um. He's definitely the, he has in my opinion he is he's the defensive player of the year. We talk about this all the time. How no like question. I don't want to go bear you know in the playoffs. I want a Simmons right, someone who can defend those small point guards and wing players. <clears throat> so yeah, I agree. I agree with you guys. I think the defense, the man, he scored forty two the other day, right? Last yeah. night when the beat wasn't they playing. played him at the five and he was a absolute monstrosity. It was unstoppable which, almost. <laughs> which again, I mean, like they lost, but yeah. And it brings up the point, like, if those two were on separate teams, what would that look like, right? Like, how good could Ben be on his own team? Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we've I, I think I've said this before. I think <clears throat> that Ben Simmons should be, like, a, a slightly different version of Bam, where you don't expect him to shoot threes. You don't expect him to shoot jumpers, really. I mean, Bam has some mid-range game, but... He's, he's running threes recently. Right. He's running the offense. He's playing incredible defense. Um, he's rebounding and scoring around the rim. Right. And Simmons could even do more like fast break, um, leading the fast break, making mm-hmm. passes in the open court even better than Bam can. So I don't see why he can't do that. And then it's like instead, everyone wants him to be LeBron, just like Giannis wants to be LeBron when Giannis should really be Shaq. But anyways, I, I still think Simmons, I'd just rather have him on my team than like the Trey Young types, the Zach Levine types. And I just decided I, I'm not going to put those, what I see is mostly empty calories where it's high volume scoring, but Levine's been doing a lot better bad and they don't play defense. Other, in other facets of the game. He has improved a lot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people who don't live in Chicago didn't don't realize this as much. And, of course, he didn't make my team either. But 
this is the first year I think where I've, I've, I've he's just made huge strides playmaking and on defense. Um, I mean, he's never going to be a plus defender, but why not? He's, because he's just not that he doesn't have like the mind for it. I don't think, I don't know, you know, like, like he tries, it seems like he cares, but like, he just doesn't get it sometimes. I don't know, but he's been, he's been a little better on that end. Um, I mean, he's averaging play- 28, but his playmaking has been like, yeah. Yeah. Gal- light years better. Galaxy's better. Light years better. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the frustration with the defense is that he has the body and the quickness for it. And so it's like, why can't he just figure it out? But it's like the hardest part about basketball though. <laughs> yeah. And he's, so he's averaging 28, five and five on 52% from two or 52% overall and 43% from three. Like, I think maybe the knock on him earlier in his career was he wasn't efficient, A, uh, B, yeah. not good off the ball, and C, not good at defense. Um, I feel like everyone as, early in his career just thought like he was just like a high-profile yeah. athlete dunker, and that's mm-hmm. all he could do, and he's not. Like, he couldn't get a bucket from anywhere on the court. Yeah, I feel like people haven't realized that he's like elite shooter now, like elite, and um, backdoor cutting might be his best skill, like off ball. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, I've, I've had this conversation with Seth recently too. Like, you know, what would he look like on a good team? Right. If he was in Jamal Murray's spot, let's say, what would he look like? You know? And I think he could fit that role. I do. Um, but I just couldn't reward him this year with, there's only so many players on bad teams that can fit in here. And I already have Beal in there. So I couldn't fit Trey or him. And, you know, that's really what it came down to. Question for y'all before we move to the West. If it were positionless, would you have anyone else in your starting lineup? Because I would have Tatum instead of Jalen, personally. Mm. Mm, yeah, I probably would too. They're, I don't know. They're so Brown and Tatum. That's funny because they're so, they're playing the same team. And they're they're just so close this year. Yeah, I'd probably do the same. Actually, I, I would probably have Tatum over uh, over Beal. Yeah. So maybe they should go to the position. We'll see. Um, any other tough cuts you want to discuss? No, nah, I feel like the East is kind of. Yeah. Once you get past so Trey. Consolidated. And yeah. Well, I would just... say, um, sorry, real quick. So yeah, <laughs> we were talking about um, aging as well as refined milk. And then we went on a whole milk tangent, but I was also going to bring up, I watched the, this little clip on ESPN of the, end of last year's all-star game um which is exciting thanks to the elam ending and uh one of the players that who was playing like in crunch time was pascal siakam and i was Mm. like wow how much has changed since then and kemba was too but that i feel like is more injury yeah you know driving the change but that was just like kind of staggering to see him out there yeah it's interesting i was no raptors i even strongly considered um maybe i mean lowry is like honorable mention maybe but i wouldn't consider him i feel like van fleet's a better case than lowry even yeah Yeah, i agree but yeah he couldn't uh couldn't make it with everyone else in the east yeah maybe if he had another kid (laughs) he's saving it he's saving it for the playoffs yeah uh, all right, let's move to the wild, wild west. Um, this one, 
this one was tough. I'm not going to lie. If you got the, so for me, it's funny, the five starters and, and then I have four locks, like absolute, like these nine players had to make the all-star team. And after that, you could tell me anyone and I wouldn't really argue with you. Um, that being said, let's argue about it. So my locks for starters, Jokic, LeBron, Kawhi, again, I think the forwards are a lock in the West. You guys agree with that? I think all yeah. five are locks to start. So the real question I bet is we're having a disagreement. Yeah. The real question is Steph versus Luca versus Dame for those two spots. I mean, we all know, I mean, basically those three all deserve to be starting in <laughs> if we had this. That's exactly how I had it because the, the, the sixth man was the one of those three that didn't make my start. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really care who you put in. I have Steph and Luca, but I mean, if you put Dame in the starting lineup, I'm not going to argue with you. So. I had Stefan Luca as well. I figured that was going to be um, the case. So allow me to give the argument for Dame, mm-hmm. which is I felt like razor thin margin between them. Um, Luca obviously gives you more rebounding. They're both kind of so so at defense. Um, Luca's maybe a bit better just because of his size, but. I would just been so impressed with what Dame has been able to do to keep the trailblazers afloat throughout this stretch of the season where they lost their second and third best players. And somehow they're still in the standings there at this point of the, we're recording this, they're 16 and 10 right in the middle of the pack in the Western conference and Dallas is below 500 and out of the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the same page. Like, you could definitely put Luca in, but just with the way he's been able to to carry his team and his usual excellent clutch performances, um, I gave Dame the slight edge there. But I will say that the Trailblazers' schedule since they lost CJ has been a breeze, um, and. I think they're basically even in um, what's the stat that you've scored more points than the other team. I don't know why I can't think of it. Point differential. Point differential. Thank you. (laughs) So I think it's a little maybe smoke and mirrors that they're that high up in the West, but yeah, I mean, to even do that without CJ and Nurk is astounding. Um, So their schedule has been a breeze, but wouldn't you think that playing Portland without CJ and Nurk would be an easy win. Good point. You know? But they did play like the they played like the Knicks twice, the Thunder, the Wizards, the the Cavs. They did like their little tour of the bottom of the East. So you know, I mean, the Knicks aren't in the bottom of the East. They're the sixth seed. Sixth seed in the East equals uh, ass. <laughs> it's a real slap fight down there. Okay. But yeah, no, your point is well taken. And I don't, I said I wouldn't argue if anyone put Dame in their starting. And that you did. You lying son of a bitch. The listeners need content. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So I think we all have that that third guard as our reserves. My next locks are PG, Anthony Davis, and Gobert. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Davis since he's injured. Maybe they'll vote for someone else. I don't know how that works, but. Yeah. I know sometimes they'll like, they'll make it and then they'll have someone else replace to actually play in the game. But I bet this is where a big Gobert argument comes in with Kyle. He's not on my list at all. 
he didn't make the All Star game. Not a fucking I'm not chance. surprised. He's worthless. <laughs> Do you really want to watch a player that can't shoot outside of five feet from the basket in the All Star game? I don't give a shit. I want, you know, I want, uh, I want sparks. I want it high flying. I want it going. I want threes from from the logo. So you you draft your all star players thinking of aesthetically what you want to see in the game. No, not always, but when it comes to Rudy Gobert, definitely. <laughs> also, I'm looking at his stats right now, and one of his nicknames is the Gobert Rapport, which I don't know why we Incredible. don't say more often. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, while you're compiling the stats, I'll just say I please. think Gobert has played his usual um, excellent defense, right? Defensive player of the year, caliber defense. Maybe we'd have Ben Simmons, right, over him right now, whatever. And the Jazz are the best team in the league. Um, Not thanks to Gobert. I think in large part due to Rudy Gobert's play. Now, he's not the typical, like, focal point of the offense, certainly. But I think if you – if you analyze Utah's play a little bit closer, a lot of what they do is built around the having at least the threat of a lob to Gobert. And this year, Conley and Gobert have really connected. Um, and Mike Conley has said, like, yeah, last year it was like all new to me because I was never throwing alley oops to Marcus All. So that was just not really a part of my game before. And so now that he's added that in and they've developed that um that chemistry i think that's been a big reason for their success and like gobert you can say he's just not a good offensive player right and he you can't shoot but he is still a lethal threat in the pick and roll rolling to the basket seven foot guy who's nimble with great hands who can jump and finish around the rim um and then you combine that with his his rebounding and all defensive play and right blocking shots, contesting at the rim. I, for me, he was a no brainer as a, as a reserve on the, the West, but Kyle, I think has different philosophies when it comes to team construction than we do. I mean, I don't disagree that Rudy Gobert is a good player. He is, but I don't think I've seen a lot of arguments too on like social media of like how Rudy Gobert is hands down the, the jazz's best player and stuff. And it's like, I don't understand why people are so reluctant or don't want to say that Donovan Mitchell is hands down the best player on that team. And I really think a lot of their success this year, one, like you said, has to do Mike Conley looks like, like, I don't know where this nimble Mike Conley came from before he got injured you know but he's looked so spry so young getting buckets like it's nobody's business and then they have you know who's probably I think might be my front runner for sixth man of the year Jordan Clarkson like where he came off the bench the other night and scored like 40 some points he didn't add another stat to the (laughs) to a stat sheet didn't need to Um, so I think a lot of their success really hinges on the three guards, but then outside of that, the playmaking ability of, of Ingles and Bogdanovich too, has been like allowing those three guys to, 
to play off the ball confidently and like all three of them good spot up shooters good cutters like honestly you could run those those three guards and Bogdanovich and Ingles and probably still get away with it the defense definitely wouldn't be great right <laughs> down low but I think that that five could really really compete with scoring with any other you know pretty much any other team in the league besides like the Nets and this is this is the beauty of the Jazz, right? We're talking about the best team in the league, and you can have an argument about who the best player is, right? Um, and because they have six solid to great players, right? And they all fit together perfectly. Um, and I do not agree with <laughs> with John Hollinger's statement that he should be third in MVP voting by any means, but I do think he deserves a spot in the all-star team. But this is the conundrum for me as I get further down to my reserves – let's call it the jazz paradox. Who am I going to put in there? Right. So right now I have Mitchell in as a reserve as well. Do I put Conley as well? Do I have three jazz in there? Is Conley going to be the greatest player to never make an all-star team? If he doesn't this year, this might be his last chance. That seems like quite a stretch to make that statement. That what? I'd have to, I'd have to also like compile a list of, players that have never made the all-star team that because well, obviously you didn't come to this podcast prepared if you don't have that in front of you <laughs> mike Conley makes a strong that. case believe me yeah i'm pretty sure it's easily him I i'm mean, googling it right now though don't worry javel mcgee's never made an all-star game oh shit, i didn't think about that brent berry so, either way I mike bibby mm. mm, bibby yeah Conley's way better than mike bibby <laughs> they're yeah, honestly the same person Mike Conley rock a headband like Mike Bibby can I don't think so okay oh, yeah. this is he's he's That's easily got it. it the other ones are like Marcus Camby Jamal Crawford Jamal Crawford though <laughs> yeah they're all like role players or specialty players it's like Jamal yeah, is just a true. scorer Marcus Camby like got a lot of blocks he's a good post defender Mike Conley was like second best player on a Western conference finals team, like consistently solid play for a decade. And Oh, I'm not. Doubt- yeah. I, so many I good guards, just, you know, that just seemed like a wild statement at the time, because like I said, I don't right. have the list of players. I haven't made an all-star game in the entire career or the entire, uh, history of the NBA history. That's the word I was looking for. There you go. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah, uh, I don't have, we- uh, I don't have Gobert. I got Donovan Mitchell, though. We may need to rethink this because Josh Smith is on this list of best players never to make an all-star game. He had, like, one good best game, player right? in history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so you have Mitchell, not Gobert. Seth, do you have Mitchell as well? Right now, I do. Right now, I have all three of them, I think. Um, but you could talk me out. So what, you uh, have – so then you would have – all three of those Jazz, Lillard, or, or you had Luca, right? Luca and AD, and then one other player that we haven't talked about yet. PG, and then oh PG, that's right. That's it, right? No, and one more player. I have one more. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's have the conversation you- about Conley real quick before we move on because I tried to get him in for sentimental reasons that we just discussed. And I just. Let's have one there. more player though. He has one of the guards. 
who do you got? Luca, right? Out of the three that we talked about at the beginning. Luca, yeah. And then Conley, Mitchell, Gobert. Gobert. Mm-hmm. You had AD. Paul George, didn't you? And AD. Mm-hmm. That's six players. Oh, we're doing 12. Yeah. Six plus five is 11. Kyle, you can just cut that out for the actual podcast. Uh, <laughs> so make your case for Conley. <clears throat> well, yeah, it's hard because, like I said earlier, I don't really believe in, you know, giving someone an all-star spot based on past performance, right? Maybe this is the one exception because he's never made it before. And I just feel like this would kind of right that injustice. Um, but I also feel like if we think about what's different about the Jazz, why are they the number one team this year when they haven't been in the past? It's mostly Mike Conley. Um, so I think it's putting up Clarkson. certainly I don't want to um, undermine or undervalue what Jordan Clarkson has done. Um, but I just feel like Conley's been awesome this year. And um, I don't know. I just am impressed by the connection that he's gotten with, with Gobert this year and the way that he runs that offense. Um, but I think it's true, like statistically he doesn't have the best case um, this year. He's averaging 16 and a half points, almost six assists and he's shooting. Yeah. He's shooting 41% from three. So that's certainly good. Um, you know, yeah. Like I said, I, I could be convinced away from Conley, but I guess I'm feeling a little sentimental. He has a soft spot. One of the many soft spots in my heart is occupied right now by Mike Conley. Yeah, I, I, say, like, I never knew you were such a Mike Conley fan. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> I was. I kind of felt like I had to pick one jazz guard, and Kyle maybe felt that way too. Um, so I picked Mitchell. I just think twenty. I didn't feel like I had five. to. I just felt like he was deserving. Yeah, I mean, he's 24, 4, and 5 for a one seed. And um, it's interesting. A lot of his mans have been without Gobert this year. They really kind of pair Conley with Gobert. So I think he's had to carry a load without that pick and roll presence that's as effective. Um, so I think he is deserving. Kyle, who else do you have in, on your reserves? So let, let me, let's cross off the players that we all had again compared okay. with my list. So I think okay. I have the most differing list. Yeah. Lillard. Yep. Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. Paul George, Mitchell. Yep. yep. I think we all had those. And then Seth and I have Gobert. Right. I did not. Seth also has Conley. So this is where I think the three of us differ the most is these last two to three spots, three for yeah. me. And in the West, I mean, there's like 15 candidates for this. So. Right. Um, so two of my last three players – their teams currently are not in the playoffs, but I think that at least they make a push and make the play in. And I don't think that really matters anyways. I'm just letting you know to make you wonder who it could be. It's quite obviously Zion and De'Aaron Fox. What more do you need? I think those are both (laughs) deserving candidates. I 
I almost dismissed Zion out of hand just because of his defense. Uh, and then I reconsidered, but I still didn't put him in in the end. <laughs> I think he falls into the Zach Levine category for me right now, where great offensive scorer, but he just hasn't picked up enough on the defensive end. And I've seen too many times where he's standing on the basket, someone else shoots, he looks up at the ball, and then another player comes in and grabs the rebound away from him. Instead he boxes of out. That's what he does. Out. He does box out. He boxes out for the other players. Right. So, um, yeah, he – so that's why I don't have him in. I really – initially I thought Fox, um, and you could definitely argue statistically that he takes over the Conley spot in my um, – in my roster, but then I was looking at the um, I was looking at the stats between Fox and your boy Shea Gilgis Alexander. He was a tough one for me, and I he- just couldn't I couldn't really find an argument for Fox over Shea. And then I thought about, well, is Shea really better than Chris Paul? No. This was my conundrum as well. So yeah, we haven't even brought up Chris Paul. Yeah, we haven't brought him up yet. He's a soft lock for me. He has a little padlock on him. Yeah, Chris Paul was my last guy in. I felt I felt like I had to pick a Suns guard, right? I mean, the team is doing so well, so it really comes down to if you want to pick Booker or CP3. And I just think Chris Paul does more for that team, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it comes down to like, for me, is like. If we, if we all agree on Chris Paul, then there's one spot left for Mike Conley or um, Darren Fox or Shea or maybe you take out Mitchell and you put in one of those guys, right? I just – yeah. So I feel like everyone was so close. I was like, who's the best – who would I want the most out of that bunch? And I think it's Mitchell and Conley. Yeah, yeah. I have Shea in as my last spot right now. I mean, he's averaging twenty three, six, and seven, and he's playing great defense. That's kind of what pushed him over Zion for me. Um, but like, so right now in those last three spots, I have CP three, Mitchell, and SGA. But it hurts to leave Zion, Booker, Conley, Fox, and Ingram even out as well. You know, and. Dare I say DeRozan has to be mentioned. You dare not. <laughs> it's just very deep when you get to those last reserves, you know? Like, I don't really have a problem with any of those guys making it. Yeah. yeah I, I really thought I would have Fox in, but now I don't know. Yeah. I, I wrote down SGA multiple times and scratched him out multiple times just because nothing against him. The team's just, like, tanking, and – you know, I feel I think a lot of it has to do too with like I feel like a lot of their games have been postponed and stuff, so I end up not watching any of their stuff. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong; he's like one of my favorite players, obviously. But um, I, I've watched a ton of Pelicans games in uh, instead of OKC games this year, and yeah, Zion is definitely like he's grown a lot from last year. Um, and while, like, he doesn't have, like, wild he assist has. numbers or anything, he's only averaging, like, two and a half assists, 
he does like he's a lot more of a contributor on the ball handling side this year like i think if we would to look up like the amount of secondary assists like i think like if you were to do like hockey assists i think zion would definitely be up there in the west in regards to that like he sets up players to set up other players really well um and he's just like he's he's a force i mean i think steven adams like really kind of has stolen a lot of you know when you mentioned about the rebounding and stuff like steven adams what is he averaging i haven't even looked recently it's got to be like what 11 12 rebounds a game or something i think he's stealing a lot of zion stuff because zion is just no. like not not even he's can't be team. that many can it maybe <laughs> maybe nine I feel like it's actually. A lot. I think I was gonna pick him up in fantasy the other day, and it was like nine rebounds. I feel anyway. like. So yeah, honestly, it, was, it was like Zion or SGA. I had a lot I, of guards already. Not that it really should matter. Yeah. But. And I think maybe I'm just overthinking with Zion because I'm looking at PER right now, and he is, he's at twenty twenty five point seven. He's eighth in the whole league in PER. Like, am I just overthinking this? Like, you know, he has such a gravitational pull on offense. And he's just so dominant on that end that I think it does just raise the team up any more than his defense can hurt it, you know? Maybe I'll put him in over SGA. If anything, I mean, I want to see him like Conley or Rudy Gobert. Well, I don't have Conley, and I would never. Then take out Gobert. Zion is Honestly, for aesthetic Gobert. reasons, inserting Zion in right for Gobert, can you imagine how that would boost the rating of the game? I saw someone mention this the other day. And it's if you were to replace Gobert with like obviously Bam, if you replace him with Bam, hands down is the best team in the league. I think the entire league. <laughs> I don't. <clears throat> I don't think it would be that much of an upgrade. I. I don't know. I mean, I mean, they are the best team in the league, so I don't know what how much more you want them to do. <laughs> Right, like Bam's better than Gobert, but I don't know how much better they can get. Really, I think just the team aesthetically would just be so much better. They'd definitely be more fun to watch. I just hate Gobert, especially since he's the one that shut down basketball last year. That bastard! I'll never forgive him. <laughs> all right, well, that's our all stars. I don't even remember who we all had, so no, probably our listeners don't either. But I think that was a spirited <laughs> discussion. Uh, we'll see if we have a game, but those are our players that we have in. Hopefully we don't. Early we don't MVP, who you guys got? I'm taking LeBron. Okay, can I make one? Um, I have one interesting comment about MVP. I would probably have LeBron as well, but it's one of those things that's like, what even is MVP? But I thought it was interesting. How many players right now are having the same, almost the same season that they had when they won an MVP, right? So LeBron, right, he's basically having, like, one of his MVP seasons when he won MVP a few years ago, right? KD, you could argue, is playing basically his same game just as well as he was back in, what was it, 2014 when he won or something? Something like that. 16, something like that. Giannis, you could argue, is – basically playing the same, maybe one step less than last two years. Um, Steph, Steph 
Okay, listen is basically to this. playing. Yeah, it, it, the numbers are almost identical to his like back to back unanimous MVP. His unanimous MVP season, he was averaging thirty point one points per game on sixty six point nine true shooting. Guess what he's doing this year? Thirty point one points per game, sixty six point nine true shooting. Obviously, his team is way worse, but it's just funny to your point. Yeah. So it's it's, and then we haven't even mentioned maybe the two front runners, <laughs> Embiid and Jokic. So it's like it really is a crowded field for MVP, and it's not even halfway through the season, so it's way too early to really like legislate this. But I just thought I was reflecting on that earlier today, and that was interesting. Kyle, who you have, LeBron, Jokic? It's truly like a straight toss-up. Like I feel like 33, 33, 33% between each of them, between LeBron and Bede and Jokic. To think that I'd ever have two centers as MVP front runners, obviously I thought Jokic would do it all along, but. I mean, to think you really have, you really have three centers as front runners because you have Gobert in there as well, I believe. (laughs) Off with his head. (laughs) All right. Well, that's been another episode of Sport Ball. Hope you all enjoyed it. Any last thoughts, guys? I can't wait to go Bear doesn't make the All-Star game. And I just get to go Bear and Conley, honestly. Remember to drink your milk warm, children. Never, never sub-zero. <laughs> <laughs>